Hi, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush. And I'm Don Ludicky. We're bringing you your favorite romance authors. You'll get to hear them read from their books and answer your questions. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush, and I am here tonight with special guest co-hostess, Casey Rose. I always have to think about it because it's backwards <laughs> and you're on here. You got it first try. <laughs> Yay. I know. I, I Well, it's been a month. Normally we do, you know, the second and fourth Thursday, yep. but since the fourth Thursday of November is Thanksgiving, we always skip um, the fourth Thursday of November and December. So it's it's been like a month. So yeah. I'm out of practice. Oh, wow. I'm honored to be your first guest back after the month. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. We are super excited that we have Aaron LaRosa here with us tonight. So yeah, I see um, Karen is joining us. Oh, good. That means we'll have lots of questions. And Linda, we can see your name tonight. I know we've had trouble with that in the past. Um, Linda has historically been Facebook guest. So or Facebook, what have you yeah. been Facebook viewer? Um, and Jennifer, yeah, yes, we see yes, you guys. The Facebook viewer on there with the like right. the gray circle on it, yeah. It's it's <laughs> very um, generic. So yeah, whatever you did, Linda, it worked. We we can see you. So um, super happy to have you with us. Dawn ended up with a um, a child a child's Christmas concert tonight. So um, I'm really surprised that actually the three of us were able to make it because it seems like. It's like the apex. Of, do all of us have kids? Everything is happening. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Casey's so do I, what are five the of ages them. of your, you have five of them? Did you just five. say the word five? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I, my youngest ones have their Christmas like concert show tomorrow. And then my older ones, they're not, they're at that age where they don't do it. They're like, we're going on field trips. And my oldest ones, we built the, he built a gingerbread house. Wait, Casey, how many do you have? I have five. I'm the one that she has five. five. Oh, I thought Dylan, you were saying that you had five. <laughs> God, no. like, no. I only have three. Only I have, three. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I, I have three two-legged kiddos and four four-legged kiddos. So cats or dogs? Both, two of each. Excellent. I have four four-legged ones as well. Three dogs and a cat. <laughs> Fabulous. I mean, yes. I only have cats, but I I welcome all. Yes. So, and how many kiddos do you have, Erin? We we just got so, to a little bit of background before we went live. You um, know, all of my kids are young. I have two. Mm -hmm. So I have a six-month-old, and then I have a three-and-a-half-year-old. So um, we always say we can measure the pandemic by my three-and-a-half-year-old because the week that she was born was the week that, like, every city in America shut oh. down <laughs> for oh, COVID. No. So. <laughs> It's been a nice experience to um, have a baby when it's not like, you know, yes. Oh my gosh. That, that must've been um, a really interesting experience. To yeah. Have it was during that time. I know. I, I was like, am I going to write about this? And I was like, no, I never, ever want to have to think about this again. <laughs> like, most, most of us skip writing about COVID. We're like, no, we're just going to pretend COVID never happened so we uh -huh. can live in that fantasy world where yeah. <laughs> everything's back to where it was. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, you know, on the one hand, like my six-month-old has a cold right now. And so, mm. you know, it's my first time having a sick infant because um, my three-and-a-half-year-old did not get a cold or anything for like the first year and a half of her life because we were in lockdown so it's like no there are pluses and minuses yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
Well, congratulations. I am in awe of someone who is able to write and publish with two little ones at home. My my kids were, um, I think my youngest was, well, I guess he was three when I started writing, but my old, my older two were both in school. So, well, yeah, you know, it's hard. It's tough. really hard. Um, and mm -hmm. it, it, only that I have, you know, my three and a half year old is in daycare for a few hours every day and then at the same time I have a nanny who comes and watches my six-month-old for a few hours so that I can write because I mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how would it happen otherwise yeah I right. mean it's really like it is difficult to find the time I totally get mm -hmm. it yep yep well and we kind of skipped over the whole part about um us introducing you and you having a chance to tell everybody what you write <laughs> and all that so let's let's back the... backwards today i know well, like <laughs> well it's said, just fun to talk to you both so it's been a month i'm out of practice so, um, yeah, so why don't you get tell us a little bit about yourself and anything yeah. you want to share about what you write and all that good stuff yeah, so um, my name is Erin Rosa. I am the author of contemporary romance novels. I wrote a fabulous book. Let me grab it because I only have my most recent book, but I have a whole shelf. You're really getting a view of my office right now. So this was my first book, For Better or Worse. Um, this was a very fun book to write because I based it on The Great British Bake Off. So it's the way I pitched it was like if Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry had to fake date in order to save their careers. I was watching like a lot of baking show during the pandemic, <laughs> like everyone. Um, this is, thank you. I love the title too, Linda. I, I'm, I was very into the puns. And mm -hmm. so the puns continued inside of this book, but the, the title of my next book, which just came out in November is called Plot Twist. And this is the second book in the series, but it can be read as a standalone. And this book follows Nina's sister, <laughs> Sophie. And Sophie is a romance novelist um, writing her second romance book. And um, she has writer's block. And she feels that part of that block is because she's never been in love. And so the... The opening of the book, which I will read from, is Sophie discovering that she's accidentally gone viral because she was doing karaoke, got drunk, and announced that love isn't real. She doesn't believe in love. So people figure out that she's a romance author who has never been in love, doesn't believe in love. And so she has to go on a journey to figure out why she has not been able to say those three words. And along the way, she connects with Dash, who is her next door neighbor and best friend's brother. A lot of tropes in there. Love that one. I love yeah. that one. Yeah. Any, any kind of brother, when you bring in a brother, love that. I know. I, you know, part of the fun of writing this book was like, because she's a romance novelist, I really got to play with a lot of the romance tropes and mm -hmm. kind of put a romance novelist in the middle of those tropes. And how would a romance novelist react to only one bed kind of thing? Mm -hmm. um, so it was really fun to write. And I would describe my books as rom-coms. And uh, again, contemporary and definitely steamy open door. So, awesome. Yep, that's exactly. I mean, you're like speaking our love language um, mm -hmm. right here. I know Casey and I both, and Dawn too. Dawn, this Dawn writes. Um, yes. So, yeah, yeah, you are you are in good company here, or we're in good company, I guess I should say. <laughs> So um, we are really excited to have you with us. And you said your when did your first book come out? Your your second book came out in November. So yeah, how long so, has the first one been out? Yeah, my first one came out in 
2021. So um, I wrote my first book um, like a lot during the beginning of the pandemic because I was a new mom and I was losing my mind as all new mothers do. And I was like, I need an outlet that is not this like potato with eyes just blinking at me. So like, you know, when she napped or when she would go to sleep for the night, I would tuck into my computer and just kind of write what my fantasy was at that time, which was like eating a lot of great food, being in restaurants. <laughs> it is about the cooking world. Um, and so it was really an outlet for me. And I, you know, started pitching it when my baby was, I think, around five months old. And it sold um, pretty, pretty quickly for books. You know, it sold, I think, within a month or two. And um, it was in a two book deal. So I was really lucky that way too. And it came out the following July. And so I had like a, a book launch at this wonderful store called the Rip Bodice in Culver City. And oh, they also have one yeah. in Brooklyn now. Um, but bucket list, bucket list visit. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. It is my favorite bookstore. Um, mm -hmm. And actually, I put that bookstore into this book because this is a oh, book fun. about a writer. So, of course, there's going to be my favorite bookstores are going to be in there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, it was it was great. It came out in 2021. It was like people were able to go out with masks. So I had to mm -hmm. I got to have a little book launch and then plot twist came out just this you know, November. And mm -hmm. I was really fortunate. And Casey, you brought this up in the the preamble that we were, mm -hmm. where we were chatting, but it was named an Amazon editor's, you know, best new yep. romance pick for November. It was yep. also chosen as a library reads top pick. Yep. Um, and uh, also uh, bookstores named it an indie next pick. So it was just like, all of these wonderful awesome. things happened for this book and I'm so happy and proud of it um, and always excited to talk about it. Yeah, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Also the audiobooks are on sale guys for like, I think they were like $5 and change right now. So yes. grab the audiobooks while mm -hmm. you can. Yeah, and the really fact is that, thank you Karen for the congrats. The, um, the audiobooks are actually both of these audiobooks are narrated by my cousin, who is an audiobook narrator in real oh, life. Awesome. And she she's narrated cool. like really wonderful books like Seven Days in June and mm -hmm. um, anything by Tia Williams, she narrates. So she got to narrate these books and is probably traumatized having to read the spicy scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think we always um, think that when, you know, when you think that a family member or, you know, I don't know if, if you have like a mom or an aunt or a grandma or, or you know, um, in-law in or somebody yeah. that has uh -huh. read your books. But yeah, yeah. I, you know, it takes a, a little while to get kind of over that initial feeling of, oh my gosh, now they're going to think know. like they know exactly what's in my head. And well, I mean, it's a really interesting experience, which is that I went to Catholic school. And so our principal was a nun named Sister Dion. And Sister Dion found out that I had a book coming out and she wrote me a letter. She must have gotten my address from my mother, but she wrote me like a handwritten letter saying how excited she was and she had pre-ordered my book. Oh, I, no. was like, <laughs> I was like, well, you know, nuns have to have pleasure as well, I suppose. But I like, yeah. I was like having a, a mild breakdown. So I was like, I like, I can't respond to this letter because like, what am I going to say? <laughs> have you um, heard from Sister Dion since she probably... No. 
read the book? Yeah. <laughs> she was probably 50 shades of red while she was reading the book. Yeah. yeah. So similar story, not nearly as um not nearly as fun because you can't top a nun. Um I went to Catholic school too, but but I did um, a lot of research. One of my books has a, a bat biologist as a hero. And so oh, cool. I actually called and talked to a bat biologist from Missouri. And because um, that's where my book is set. And, and, you know, and I said, would you like to be listed in the acknowledgments? And I, you know, I'd be happy to send you a, a signed copy when it comes out and everything. And um, she was so excited. She's like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. You know, I mean, because bat biologists, I guess, you know, probably don't get a whole lot of <laughs> people looking them up to, to have random conversations. Um, but yeah, I sent her the book and everything. And then she was so excited. You know, she said, oh, my gosh, I got here. My husband and I, we're going to read it together. <laughs> oh, I see. Ooh. Um, well, I bet they had a fun night. Well, I never heard back from her either. So I, I think she, she and Sister Dion maybe were, were on the, the same wavelength. <laughs> they can chat. They can go to therapy together. Yes. Yes. My, uh, my first super steamy book was, um, it, it was... I thought at that point it had been the steamiest book I had written. And I put a note at the bit at the front. And I'm like, you know, if you're related to me, like, like don't read this. Let's not make family dinners Let's weird. Like it was purchase. an author's note. Yeah. yeah. Stop <laughs> now. My brother took a picture of that note, sent it to me, and he goes, ignored and continued and read the whole book and then wanted to talk to me about it afterward and I couldn't. Oh dear. Like, no, not have this conversation. <laughs> oh my. Oh dear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he's been my biggest supporter. He's read every book and it's, it's still awkward to this day every time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you get over it. You know, my dad with my first book, he found a, you know, advanced reader copy in my living room and he just started reading it one morning. And he's a voracious reader. That's like where I got my love of books from. And mm -hmm. I kept checking over his shoulders, like, what page are you on? Where, where, what are they? Where are they? And, but he read it all in one day and bless his heart. He never said a word to me <laughs> about the sex scenes. He just sort of, sorry, the, the steamy scenes, but mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's um, it, it can be a little uncomfortable, um, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, that's but, right. But we get past it. Yeah. So you are going to read from the book that just came out in November, Plot Twist. Plot Twist. Mm -hmm. All right. And do you want to set it up for us? You said you're going to read from the middle. So yeah. I think what we'll yeah, have you, you do is what? probably read. I'll actually then... read from the start. Now okay. That I'm thinking about it because I think the start's kind of fun. Okay. Yeah. You can read whatever part you like. Um, so, yeah, so we'll let you do that. And then for our viewers, if you have any questions, go ahead. I saw um, Karen, you've already tossed a yep. couple in there. Karen yep. is our, um, we can always, Thanks, Karen. yeah, we can always count on Karen for the questions. Um, but if you are viewing and you have any questions, go ahead and pop them in the comments and we'll get to those when, um, when Aaron is done. So we're going to pop you up there by yourself and oh. we will be back when you are finished okay no pressure i want to preface this by saying i put on mascara tonight and i never wear it and i feel like it's smearing everywhere so i'm so sorry if it does um you look great thank you <laughs> okay um so this is chapter one from plot twist so we're starting right at the opening it's from sophie's point of view sophie leone was not in a good place more specifically, she'd had one or three too many the night before. 
So instead of falling asleep on her bed, she was lying on the couch with a paperback book as a makeshift pillow. Her legs were tucked up in the fetal, fetal position inside her billowy dress. And as she licked her lips, she tasted vodka and fried chicken, which she didn't remember drinking or eating. She attempted to open her eyes, but her lashes stuck together from the makeup she'd forgotten to remove the night before. With the help of her index and thumb, she managed to peel one lid open. White hot summer light poured in through the arched living room window and her mint green walls, a color she'd specifically chosen for its soothing properties, were mockingly chipper. But even more unsettling was the book on the coffee table directly in front of her, Whisked Away, Sophie's first published book. She closed her one good eye and wished she'd never opened it. Her mom had always dreamed about Sophie filling an entire bookshelf with all of her titles. The years of working multiple day jobs while tinkering on romance books finally worth the struggle. But, as it turned out, Whisked Away would be Sophie's one and only book. Had she known she'd be a one-hit wonder, she wouldn't have ordered the little placard for her writing desk, Ask Me About My Tropes. The worst part was that she had sold a follow-up book, or at least a pitch plus the first three chapters, but she hadn't been able to finish The Love Drought, a title so tragically similar to her own personal problems that it made her cringe. She'd been given multiple extensions but missed all of them, and per her contract, her publisher had the right to terminate their deal if those deadlines weren't met. But no matter how many drafts Sophie started, she couldn't quite find her way to the happily ever after that all romance books promised and that she loved. The phone call with her agent started with, we need to talk, and ended with, you have six weeks to finish this book, or your contract plus the advance will be taken back. She'd spent most of that advance, though, along with the royalty checks that grew smaller and smaller as interest in her last book waned. She should have seen the implosion coming. Her horoscope had warned that the entire month of June would be bad for important communication. But the damage was done. Sophie was a romance author with writer's block, and in six weeks' time, she'd lose her publishing deal. So she'd done the only thing she knew would make her feel better. She called Poppy, and her best friend had suggested a night out at their favorite downtown karaoke bar to drown away the loud whir of failure. She cautiously sat up, then settled her feet into the woven jute rug. Her legs were as firm as jello when she stood. Still, she managed to make it to the hallway mirror, where she saw that her normally sideswept curtain bangs had morphed into Medusa snake-like tendrils across her forehead, and she had more flakes on her face than her pet goldfish had in his bowl. She cringed, rain boots. Her goldfish was 12 years old and the longest relationship she'd ever had. She planted her hand on the wall for support and shuffled over to her bedroom, where a large glass fishbowl sat on her bedside table. Rain Boots swam in the exact middle and blinked at Sophie with large, accusatory eyes. I'm sorry, honey, Sophie croaked out. I know we have our bedtime routine, but mommy got horribly drunk. She tapped the glass with her index finger and waited for a response, but none came. Eventually, the silence broke when her doorbell loudly ding-donged and caused her to jump in surprise. The next and bigger surprise came when she made her way to the front door and saw her landlord waiting on the porch. Dashmont Rose wasn't a tall man, but he had presence. Part of that was because he always seemed to be fidgeting, tapping his fingers, shifting his feet, or pacing slightly, but also he had thick arms with swirling inky black tattoos. It's not that Sophie had stared at those arms in prior instances, but, well, yeah, she probably had. Still, her first instinct was to hide behind the couch because what the heck was Dash doing there? She and Dash lived next door to each other, but they were not close. 
In fact, Dash hardly ever acknowledged her existence. He lived in the large house tucked behind her bungalow, but he was always walking away in some kind of a hurry. If she waved, he only ever nodded back. She didn't think he was intentionally being a jerk, but he clearly had no interest in interacting with her. They hadn't spoken actual words to each other in at least a few months. She Venmoed him the rent, and sometimes he left a thumbs up in response. That was the extent of it. But there he was, in jeans and a t-shirt. What could he want? Did he somehow know her funds were about to run out and he was preemptively evicting her? Sophie avoided confrontation at all costs, but she couldn't run away from him. Not when his face was pressed against the window of her door and he was peering directly at her. She clutched her arms across her, her chest, extremely aware that she was still dressed in her clothes from the night before as she made her way to him. When she opened the door, she was hit not only with the heat from the high sun above, but by the sight of Dash's wet hair slicked around his face. Water trickled down his neck and splashed his faded shirt, like he'd come straight over from a shower, which meant a few minutes prior he'd been totally naked, covered in soap and water and, uh, hey, uh, whoa. His voice cut through Sophie's thoughts. When she glanced up, Dash gave her an uneasy expression, then gestured down the length of her. What happened? She never left the house without a minimum of tinted sunscreen, but of course Dash came on the one day where she was she most closely resembled a Madame Tussauds wax statue melting in the sun. Sophie gently swiped her index finger under her eye, and it came back coated in black eyeliner. Vodka happened, she muttered. I'll end it there. What did you think? I loved it. I was going to say, who can relate to uh, vodka happened? Um. Um. <laughs> I don't drink it anymore. I like can't. I do crazy things with vodka and tequila. So they're not my friends. Mine yeah. was Southern Comfort. You know, the kind that, that that's my one that when you taste it, the on the way back out, you just can't drink again. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We all we all have those memories. Well, you know, the interesting thing that gets revealed, and this isn't, you know, a huge spoiler, is that Dash is actually sober. He's dealing with sobriety and is in recovery. So, um, you know, their meet cute was important to me because I thought what would be more uncomfortable for a sober person than being faced with mm -hmm. someone who is drunk um it's also how my grandparents happened to meet was that um my grandma and grandpa were at a party and they were both 20 and my grandma had had one too many to drink and she vomited all over my grandpa's shoes and <laughs> <laughs> he made sure that he got her home safely and then he asked her on a date when she had sobered up Wow. She must have made quite the impression because um, normally that's, you know. Yeah, you don't bounce back from that real easy. Yeah, she was, she was a very attractive woman. So <laughs> I think that helped. Oh, that's funny. I know. Um, no, I, I thought that that was absolutely adorable. And I love that her goldfish is named Rain Boots. I thought that was super cute, too. You know, my friend in college had a pet goldfish named Rain Boots. So I had to honor his memory because he was a very sweet goldfish who would kind of jump out of the bowl to kiss your finger if you put it there. So Wow. Very cool. So goldfish can actually live a really long time. I remember when we first moved into our neighborhood, um, I went over to our neighbor's house and they had this monstrosity of a fish 
in like a 10 gallon tank. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> and it was her husband's goldfish. I want to say from like college, which I know. was, you know, probably <laughs> like 15, 20 years prior. That's how so, it happens. I actually got into like a back and forth with the copy editor because she was like, goldfish only live a year or two. And I was like, that is not true. I was like, Google it. Google it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, little things like that. I feel like, you know, we, we do check, I, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily know how long a goldfish lived. Um, unless, yeah. I think I did Google it. I remember being like, is this feasible? Still alive? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, yeah, in one of my books, I have a uh, rooster that was like 20 years old. And I'm like, they can live that Do long. That long? Wow. Yes, of course, I'm going to check that. You know, you're not just going to put something in there and, and make it up. So it's amazing what kind of things you learn when you're writing books. Yeah, so, I'm trying to remember what I was Googling today. Well, I'm writing right now a book. Um, it's totally separate from the series, but part of it is set in the 2000s. So I had to Google like, um, I think it was like what movies were out in 2008 that were like popular mm -hmm. teen, but like that's mm -hmm. been fun to research. Mm -hmm. um, I see Jennifer's comment that they had a bullhead, a bullhead. I mean, I, I'm assuming that's a kind of fish, but I'm not familiar yeah, with that. I don't know that either. So big when he passed, he wouldn't flush. <laughs> oh no. That must've been awkward to have to fish him out of the bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, Jennifer. That sounds traumatic. Yikes. Um, yes. So, Casey, like I see oh, like yes. a catfish. Okay. Yeah. But but Ooh. a pet. So, would that have been in a freshwater tank, I assume? Probably, as opposed to saltwater. Our neighbor next door had a um, different neighbor besides the goldfish. This neighbor had um, saltwater tanks and freshwater tanks and... Um, he had like a tarantula and chinchillas and um, did you grow up in Florida? Where did no, you I mean, I live in Minnesota now. This is like okay. now. I grew um, up in Florida. I'm like, this sounds very Florida to me. I grew up um, in Florida too. Yeah. Oh, really? Where Casey? Yeah, I was gonna say, so did Casey. Yep. Um, no, our, our neighbor, when we first moved into this neighborhood, the, they had three boys next door and they had, I think, almost every kind of pet you could imagine. Um, but yeah. yeah, I don't remember a bullhead. So no, that's very unique. <laughs> oh, that sounds funny. So, so um, we have Casey. a lot of yes. questions. I was so going to say you're in charge of questions tonight. Yep. So why don't we yep. start uh, working our way through some of those? Yes, I think we need to do a little bit of rapid fire because Karen hit us with some good ones. <laughs> All right. Okay. So since so, since you're new with questions, Casey, you don't have to do every single one and you can skip around. You do have that kind of power. Just FYI. Oh, no. Listen, the last time someone gave me power on a on a video conference, I cleared everybody out of the room because I hit the wrong button. So. Can't you wait. don't have that much power. See you <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> yes. You, you have limited okay. power tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so we have a lot of writing ones and some Christmas ones. So oh. this one is one that I personally like was, um, what advice do you, would you give to a new author? Okay. So, you know, the thing that, that is not orthodox probably by a lot of people, uh, like agents would be like, don't do this, but I did it. Um, my point of view is that writing is a business as much as it is a 
passion and something that I want to pursue. Ultimately, I wanted to get published and I wanted to be able to make a living from it. So it was important to me to not spend years and years working on one book um, and hoping that it would work out. So something I did was that when I wrote for Butter or Worse, I wrote about 75% of it. And I said to my husband, I was like, I'm just going to start submitting and seeing if any agents bite. And if the agents are not interested in the synopsis or they don't request any pages, um, then that'll be my sign that this project is just like not not now, not here. So what I did was like most agents will ask you for the first 10 pages, the first 50 pages uh, to get a sense of like, is this working? Uh, this is if you want to be traditionally published, I should also say. Um, but I did that. And then three agents requested full manuscripts for me. So as soon as they did that, I buckled down and I finished the rest of the book really quickly. And then I sent it to them. But I decided in my head, I was kind of like, I don't want to work and work on this thing and rework it and rework it. You know, I had a really solid three quarters of a book done. And so what I know about publishing is that it's not like they're going to buy a book and it gets published the next day. You get multiple rounds of edits. You know, it goes through endless uh, back and forth. And so for me, I was like, if I have 75% of the book that's really good, I know they can give me notes on the last 25 and I'll feel confident about it. So I don't know if that advice like makes sense, but basically what I'm saying is like, don't waste years and years on an idea if you can have the courage to at least like put your work out there and see if anyone is interested. Because um, the other thing I encountered, you know, there were agents who were like, if this if this book doesn't sell, you know, maybe I'll represent you on your next one because I like your voice. Like they'll get a sense of your writing and your your style pretty quickly from the pages they read. So it's mm -hmm. it's good in that way. Mm -hmm. But probably so, no one else will give you that advice. <laughs> no, I think that's interesting. Um, so my publishing journey, I was traditionally published first, and then yeah. And now I'm hybrid. So now I, I have self-published things as well. So I, it's interesting because, you know, we get, um, we get all kinds of different authors on here. Some who have, you know, some are, are straight up always have been indie. Some have always been trad. Um, it just depends, but it's always interesting to hear, you know, different people's per perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, side question to that. How long did, like, when did you start writing? And how long did it take you to write that initial manuscript? So for Butter or Worse, my first book was kind of a journey because I did write um, a full draft of the book that I then threw out because I had a friend of mine read it and she was like, I hate this book. I hate these characters. I don't like it. And I agreed with her. I agreed with her. The post that I had written was really bad. Yeah. But I knew that I still wanted to write something about cooking. And I had written the first draft. I'm, I'm kind of someone who can write a really quick first draft. Um, it's not a good first draft, but I can write it. Mm -hmm. And so 
I just rewrote the entire thing. And that took about, I would say like five or six months. And so mm -hmm. for a draft, um, and then for me, I really shine in rewrites. So, um, you know, altogether, I probably spent a year on my first book for plot twist. I would say like six months again is mm -hmm. kind of what I'm averaging um, for a book. So, you know, in my mind, I was like, I'll be a two book a year author. In reality, it's probably mm -hmm. more like a book and a half a year, mm -hmm. especially now that I have like an infant in the picture. Yeah. <laughs> like I, you know, want to prioritize my kids too. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I, it, for me, like, I think the part of the process that takes the most time is actually rewriting. That's where I really spend a lot more time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'm also a um, a plotter, so I plot out okay. books in pretty detailed outlines. Mm -hmm. yep. Interesting. Everyone's process is so different. Very uh -huh. interesting. I know. How about you, Casey? I mean, I know this answer, but tell everybody else, are you a plotter or a pantser? <laughs> I, I plot, which is funny because when I first started writing, I was a pantser completely. Like I had this, the whole series idea in my head for like 10 years before I wrote it down. And then I got to book five and I backed myself into a corner and book three, I forgot about a baby that like completely disappeared for a couple books. <laughs> and then I decided it was time to start plotting. <laughs> yeah. It's just, everyone's brain is really different. And I've talked to people who are pantsers through and through, they cannot plot. And they mm -hmm. write fantastic books and like, why mess with it if it's a good thing, mm -hmm. you know? And you, yep. you learn the hard way what, what you should be doing versus not. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and yeah. it seems like, you know, the grass always seems to be greener because I, yeah. I am definitely more of a pantser than a plotter. And then I'll try and try and try because I feel like I should plot, you know? Right. I know. Um, and then it doesn't work and it doesn't work. And then I think I've plotted, but all I've really done is come up with, you know, like 20,000 words of backstory. Um, and so it's just, yeah, people's the way that, that our brains work and there's no right way and there's no wrong way. It's like, however you get words on the page, you know, it's just do what works for you. So, and it's funny, Dylan and I have a we wrote a series together this year and so it was heavily intertwined so we'd sit there and we'd plot out a book and then she'd write a book and I'm like okay well maybe I'll start writing the next one but like she would go on the plot and then she'd go room this way oh wait so you co-wrote or um yes we yeah we wrote um we each wrote our own books in the series so like she released January's I released February's wow and, uh, so cool yeah. I love yeah. that it was a lot of fun. I, I definitely, um, I love kind of, uh, I've always loved working in groups and teams and stuff like that. And, you know, as a writer, everything is so solitary. So it was fun to kind of have a, a partner to bounce ideas off of mm -hmm. and, and come up with. Yeah, you know, that's really cool. I've, I've heard like when it works, it works. And when it doesn't, yes. it really does. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we got lucky because we didn't really know each other very well when, when we both were like, yeah, let's do it. And then. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could have ended. been talking for like a couple months, but we just, we got yeah. along so well. Yeah. It, it could have ended very badly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Glad yeah. you're both here to tell the tale. Exactly. <laughs> I know we're still speaking. We, we made That's it crazy. through an entire we're, year and, and we're, we're still speaking. So yeah. <laughs> we're going around for round two. So yeah. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. What okay. else have we got? All right. What was your last five star read? Hmm. 
Um, okay, my last five star read was actually not a romance book. That's okay. So I have been like dipping in and out from romance and other genres, but I it was actually I read it for a podcast I was on. Um and it's called um <laughs> Did I forget it? <laughs> Hold on. I, I'm sorry guys, I have a six month old. It's um it's you know what? out here. That's all you, you have to say. Is real. It's like yeah. there's something games. It's like they're malicious games. Hold on. They're vicious games. Vicious games? Yes, they're vicious games by Joelle Wellington. I am obsessed with this book. It's a YA book, and um, it's sort of like Hunger Games meets Gossip Girl. I know that she based it off of the Bachelor franchise, um, but it's so incredible. It's really fun um, and darkly, it has like super dark humor and is such a page turner. And I had my husband read it too. And he and I like read very different genres and he mm -hmm. loved it too. So anyways, if anyone wants like, just like a fun kind of Hunger Games vibe of a, vibe of a book, um, their Vicious Games is really, really good. Sorry that I forgot the title. I just, okay. I, so I'm I running can't on very little what I had for lunch. Um, I feel right. like my children are like solely responsible for sucking all my brain cells out. That's how I feel too. I'm like, I have nothing left in me now. It's yeah. great. No, no, you're, you're in good company. Good. I'm, I'm to the point where I have to put alarms on my phone to remind me of things like making dinner and picking my kids up from school and this is making me feel a little bit better because i i'm always like i i'm like am i like is my brain like is it still in there like what's going on <laughs> sometimes just even remembering what day it is is yeah. a struggle so i agree with yeah. that <laughs> yeah um, what, what you, was your last you, i was gonna oh. say <laughs> Well, well, do you remember the last five star read that you had? Because I know as as oh, busy, I was going to ask you the same question. Um, <laughs> I I can't say the title, but um, it's it's the one that is in the next romance happy hour book box. It's the um C C O C K down the block by Amy Award, one of our. Oh yes, yes, that one yeah. was was hitting all the charts of, really well. One of my my uh, author friends, and it is um it's a rom com, and it is laugh out loud funny so awesome yes if you haven't picked that one up yet check it out <laughs> what about you casey um so technically it was a book that i reread because i liked it so much uh archer's voice by mia sheridan um i just got a signed copy not too long ago so it made me want to reread it <laughs> um but yeah i had yeah it would been a while but I love, there's several of her books. They're just like, she has a great way of doing these plot twists you don't see coming. And I really like that when you can, when you, as an, as an uh, romance author, if you can catch me off guard in the plot, like you've hooked me. <laughs> yep. You keep recommending that one and I haven't picked it up yet. So I'm going to have to <laughs> move that up my never ending TBR pile. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So. Okay, here's another one from Karen that I really like because I kind of want to know the answer to. Um, she says, "Do you visualize the story like a do you visualize the story like a movie when you go to write?" Yeah, so for me, um, and I have talked to other authors that do this too. Mm -hmm. I usually get a lot of inspiration from songs, and so like I'll be listening to a song, and as I listen to the song, the story kind of unfolds. Like a movie to me, like I can see scenes in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so, you know, for each book, I do make a playlist. Um, for plot twist, I was listening to a lot of songs by The Weeknd. Um, like that song, I feel it coming. Anyways, I'm not a singer. Um, <laughs> but uh, that really helps me. And for my next book, too, I have a whole playlist. And, you know, I will listen to those songs. And usually one particular song will get stuck in my head. And I'll listen to that as I write, almost as like white noise in the background. But it, it helps me see everything. Yeah. Yep. See, and I thought I was the only one when I used to see it because I would, I had a, my first series I had been plotting since like high school. And I thought I was the only one like oh, that yeah. because other people are like, what do you mean when you see it like a movie? Kids thought I was weird. I was always the weird one. <laughs> yeah, no, you, I think you do see scenes in your head, but I, I know that not all writers work that way. Mm -hmm. But I, mm -hmm. um, yeah. I have a, a friend named Courtney Kay and she writes wonderful um, queer romance and she said the same thing. It's like she'll listen to music and then she'll see a scene and mm -hmm. she writes that scene. That's how it works for me too. And I wonder if that's more common with writers um, than, you know, non-writers. Mm -hmm. Just, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. probably ties into daydreaming and, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Of course, I guess if you're a non-writer, if someone said, how do you write books? You wouldn't be able to say whether or not you saw a scene play in your head. But I mean, even like reading when, when I was younger, you know, mm -hmm. you read the book and it's like you immediately, I like see the whole thing playing like a movie in my head when I'm reading a book. I do that too. But I also um, think like MTV like broke my brain a little bit as a kid, <laughs> like watching too much TRL. Mm -hmm. Um and like the music videos were always so important to me and like mm -hmm. what they staged and like the mini movies that they would do. Mm -hmm. um, like I feel like Maroon 5 would always do like these mini movies within their mm -hmm. songs. And so anyways, that's kind of like broken my brain now when I hear music, I like, I'm like, what music video would I make about this? Yep. Oh, that's interesting. Very interesting perspective. Yeah. It is what it is. Okay, uh, this one is from Jennifer Daniels, and she wants to know if you had to cast your characters uh, in like a movie, who would you pick? Like, like who would the celebrities be that are playing these guys? Yeah, yeah. If, you, yeah if you were, if they're, if it was being made into a movie or a TV show. I've thought about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Dash, my beautiful tattooed man. Um, I thought about the Skarsgård brothers a lot. And mm -hmm. I also um, thought about uh, the Culkins. So he's from Hollywood royalty. So his brother is almost like the Chris Hemsworth, Alexander Skarsgård level guy. Like he's mm -hmm. really, really famous. But Dash is more of the indie movie guy. So he's mm -hmm. more of a Kieran. He's, he's more of like... Um, I can't remember the Skarsgård who was like played the it character in the it movies. But anyways, um, I've thought about maybe Kieran Culkin a lot and I actually gave his photo as a reference photo for Dash. So mm -hmm. if you look at red carpet photos of Kieran Culkin, you can kind of see Dash in there. Um, and then for Sophie, um, you know, she is someone who I think a lot about like, Bryce Dallas Howard, when I think of her, I really love her. Um, sort of like can be a little bit, 
strong, but also very feminine. Uh, and mm -hmm. Sophie is definitely like a very like, she loves dresses. She doesn't own pants, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah. So wouldn't that be fun mm -hmm. to see one of your books made into, and it happens. I know. Cross, ladies. Hopefully the next time we talk, we're just talking about our movies. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. It's on my vision board for this, for this coming year. It's, I do I'm vision boards one. too. I think, I think they work. So <laughs> I'm, I'm too? rooting for your vision board. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jennifer Daniels and Jin Huang, I hopefully said that right, kind of had the same question. Um, they just worded it a little bit differently. Um, so Jennifer's was, do you have any authors that you look up to or inspire you? And Jin's was, who inspired you to write your books? Well, I think the author who I really am obsessed with always is this author, Alexis Hall. Um, he mm -hmm. writes very funny rom-coms and he's done any kind of series that you can think of. I think one of his first series was called how to B A N G the billionaire. It was just like a very like tongue in cheek title, but he's probably most well known for um, his series. That's like boyfriend material, husband material. Um, he's just has a way of making very normal situations very funny. So when you read his writing, it's like super dry British humor. If you love Bridget Jones, like mm -hmm. that's the kind of book that he's writing. Um, and then, you know, the, the book that initially inspired me to, to think, Oh, maybe I, maybe I could be a writer someday actually was Bridget Jones. Cause I remember reading that and seeing the movie and feeling like that was a a kind of cultural turning point for us. And looking back, like there are problematic elements about that movie and like mm -hmm. Renee Zellweger and, um, but being able to see a woman who was not perfect on screen mm -hmm. was like kind of a turning point for me. Um, and reading a character like that was really important because I think prior to that, like, the role models I had were, it was like Jennifer Aniston from Friends, who's like really beautiful. And like all of these like mm -hmm. very kind of like put together gorgeous women. And then to mm -hmm. see Bridget Jones where she, like the whole thing about her is she's a mess. Um, mm -hmm. And that I thought was really cool. And I was like, oh, I want to write something like that. I want to write something where I can see myself, where I relate to the character. So that was kind mm -hmm. of, my cultural turning point. I don't know. What about you guys? I, well, I was going to say, I mean, I think Bridget Jones, it definitely made things feel more real, you know, um, where, yeah, because growing up, I mean, I'm older than both of you, I'm sure, um, by quite a lot. But, you know, it's like the movies that we saw were, you know, Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. And, you know, I mean, the rom-coms were, um, how to like lose a guy in 10 days oh, yeah. Um, yeah yeah Kate Hudson and J-Lo right. and you know like and, and so yeah like I would definitely like who wouldn't want to look like Kate Hudson or or J-Lo but um but yeah when you saw you know Bridget Jones on on screen um she was just so much more relatable and real yeah there was something really nice just about first of all like <laughs> The fact that like she was categorized as as like anything but beautiful in that movie mm -hmm. is laughable. But anyways, like 
you know, just seeing a flawed character, like someone mm-hmm. who has struggles and and yep. all of this internal monologue was really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. For me, I um, I don't remember how I stumbled upon Carolyn Brown's cowboy books, uh, but at the first one I picked up, I just started binging through her stuff, and she was kind of the inspiration, and the first series I did was Cowboys. Um, and through her, I found Joanne Kennedy, um, and both of them wrote steamy romance um, probably when I shouldn't have been reading steamy <laughs> Um, and it's, so I'm, I'm so excited. I'm going to get to meet Carolyn Brown this summer. Ooh, congratulations. Um, cool. so it's like meeting the person that like really inspired me to start writing. Like, I'm so mm-hmm. nervous. I told Dylan, I'm like, you should come because I'm totally going to fan girl and make an idiot of myself. You're going to be fine. She's I'm, so I'm afraid nice. to meet my heroes. I, I don't know that I want to. <laughs> intimidating she is so nice though she's so it'll be great yours will be great yes yeah she's so sweet um from what everybody has said and everything but yeah yep so now we have some christmas questions um we've got about 10 minutes left so i I, like bought these lights today that like are a necklace but it's christmas lights i should have worn those (laughs) Sorry, right. I, I felt like I needed I mean, to. You were, like, yeah, Dylan, you are really like. Festiveness. I mean, you yeah. can't really tell, but I've got like the, the tinsel in my hair. Yes, like, I can see it. I can yeah. see it. We can see it sparkle. I know your light oh. keeps going in oh, and out. Yeah, no. So it's like, yeah. We can for sure see it. Yep. Um, all right. Who is the easiest person on your list to shop for? Ooh. You mean besides myself? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Besides himself. I think my, my husband, because he like when I met my husband, I was going through a photo album. We've been together for I think it's like eleven years or something like that. But when I first met him on our first date, he was wearing like cargo shorts and like a short sleeve button up with like holes in it. And I was like Here's a project. I love a project. So basically all of my husband's wardrobe is is me. And he has this style where he like loves wearing cardigans and loves wearing shirts with cats. And so I, I every year it's like this is when I re-up his supply. So very easy for me. So what have you, you seen have you seen the shirts that you can get that have like your cat's picture on them? Oh, yes. I've also gotten him socks with our cats on them. And yeah, any any manner of cat paraphernalia, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm probably in it or have bought it. So my husband is a, a huge Cubs fan. And so one of my children for Christmas and he will never watch this. So no spoiler here, but um, got him uh, a portrait of our cat in a Cubs uniform. Oh, so it's really good. It's hysterical it's yeah. really hysterical so i can't wait for him to see that but yeah it's amazing what um what you can do with you know photo editing software nowadays right. <laughs> i always turn to etsy because i feel like there if you like have a dream someone on mm-hmm. etsy has a way yes yep. yes i agree um, um easiest person to buy for is probably my oldest because um they love books just as much as i do and so i mean anything i see that's like book lover anything um i mean it's so easy so yeah i'd say that's 
probably my easiest. Are they thing. reading romance or what are they reading? Um, yes. So my oldest is now 20 and okay. um, is not allowed to read my books, but um, but for sure can read, you know, anybody else's books. Mm -hmm. um, I just got word from one of my friends. She has like a 13 year old daughter, but she was, she took a photo of it. She was like, congratulations. Your book is stuffed under my daughter's uh, bed. <laughs> she had like taken it from the bookshelf to read. And I was like, yes, <laughs> I made it. I did that. Um, I mean, this again, will will date me, but um, I used to take Daniel Steele books and Jackie Collins and oh, they're, the, um, they're the best. Sydney Sheldon and I'm trying to think of like what else my my parents had um but you know you go back and like those books now are nowhere near as steamy as some of this stuff oh that, really now I want to reread um, one yeah I, well, I grew, yeah I, I had a lot of historical romance too that I would buy yep. um I would ride my bike to the used bookstore and and spend all my credits on you know the bodice rippers and and those those books you you go back and read those now and you know those are <laughs> when we talk about problematic and and things oh, um, yeah. you know, yeah. some oh, of yeah. those but but at the time I mean I just right. yep. couldn't get enough I mean oh, it was yeah. like oh my gosh there's kissing in books you know I've been reading the wrong genre <laughs> As I grew up around the time where my mom's like, oh, here's some books to read. And she hands you handed me, a, you know, flowers in the attic, not knowing what was in it. And like, I remember reading it and like, that was it's like a family. I know. And I'm like, okay, like for and for whatever reason, I didn't think to say, hey, mom, maybe I shouldn't be reading this. I was like, okay, let's keep reading. And now I'm it looking is at so it. It's so funny. Like what? I believe I read that. I know. I I had, this is not the same experience, but I remember I had to do a book report on a horror book. They like had, had us do genres. And I'm sure the teacher had in mind like goosebumps, like one of these, <laughs> my mom hands me Carrie by Stephen King. And she's like, this is a, this is a horror book. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I read it mm -hmm. and I read it I and I did a all. report on it. And I think my teacher was like, I need to speak to your mother. Uh -huh. <laughs> we've all had our stephen king introduction mine was it it's the reason that i don't do clowns no my kids no, no. never had clowns at a birthday party <laughs> it's the reason that i don't bathe in pig's blood to be honest right right <laughs> yeah well we all need a reason for that yeah <laughs> all um, right we're running out of time casey we gotta get some more questions in okay um real or fake tree do some real i have a real one yeah my husband is like obsessed with the smell of real trees. And um, I was very interested in getting a fake tree, but we got a real one. So I do a fake one with a pine scented candle in the room. And That's what I would love. I would love to do that. <laughs> we, we've done both. This year we have a fake tree. Yep. I'm jealous. Enjoy. Enjoy the lack of pine needles on your floor. <laughs> yes. They still get all over. Even the fake pine needles, they still oh, get really? all over. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. As you're adjusting all the branches, trying to fill in wow, the holes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, this, these two are kind of the same. Um, if you're hosting Christmas dinner, what's on the menu? And is there a, uh, like a food dish that you associate with Christmas? Um, well, I am Italian American. So probably the thing I think about with Christmas is panettone. Have you ladies ever mm -hmm. had panettone? I recommend it highly. It's a, it's a Italian Christmas cake. Um, 
and they come in all sorts of different flavors. Um, the other things I associate with Christmas, we do something called Feast of the Seven Fishes. Have you heard of that? Okay. Very Italian American, but you, you cook, uh, it's for Christmas Eve and you make seven dishes that involve fish. And uh -huh. so these are like my very specific, um, Italian memory, but I always associate that food with Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, and last one real quick, best elephant gift you've ever received. I think like white elephant, the white mm -hmm. elephant gift exchange. You know, I don't know that I've gotten like a really great one, but I used to give, I really liked, um, like novelty calendars specifically around like, mm -hmm. um, roosters. <laughs> I would find these like really weird rooster calendars and I would give those and it would be like, you know, roosters like posed in all sorts of situations, like cooking dinner, you know, they would be like set up in a little dollhouse. And so anyways, I think I'm a better giver than a, a receiver of those white elephant gifts. Oh, that's a good one. We yeah. used to have a, a neighborhood holiday party and I just remember somebody, and I mean, this was not that long ago. So, you know, I mean, Tom Selleck, Magnum PI back in the, was that the eighties? Um, but someone had like a hanger that you would put in your closet that had his face on it. So when you went to, you know, like hang up your coat or something, it would look like Magnum PI was wearing oh, it. Wow. And, um, and we would always play the game where, you know, then you, you would, everybody would pick and you could steal whatever, but then we would do a round where you'd pass the pie tin and you'd roll the dice. And if you got doubles, you could steal. And that hanger, um, it ended up in so many different people's hands because they kept stealing it. And I don't know if it was because everybody wanted that or they, or they just really didn't want anything else because we, we've always had some, I mean, we've, we had some really bad white elephant gifts at, at some of those parties, but, but I just had never seen anything like that. And um, it was a hot item. Yeah. I can see, I can imagine why, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I actually mustache, chest hair and yeah. everything. It was well, yeah. <laughs> I worked at BuzzFeed many moons ago and one of like the first article I ever did was the best Tom Selleck birthday cakes because I kept oh, finding images yeah. of Tom Selleck birthday cakes. I recommend googling it. It is very good. That is that is awesome. Yeah. Wow. I was, you, Casey? Uh, in my in in my early uh 20s mid 20s I was military wife and on the they get um really crazy with the gift exchanges as military because a lot of them half the time half the people you're hanging out with their husbands are deployed so mm -hmm. all the gifts were very dirty <laughs> it was like who could out dirty the other person like things uh -huh. i'm not even going to be able to allow to say on here yeah excellent yeah. <laughs> those are always I'm the sure. fun. i was like who can you make blush like <laughs> we can all use our imaginations on that uh -huh. yeah and probably some things you probably can't use your imaginations on. <laughs> We've had some talks recently about some of the stuff people have mentioned or tried to bring up. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I've, I've shocked Dylan with a few things. <laughs> Love to mess with right. you about that. Well, um, it always goes fast. We are coming up yeah. on an hour. So yeah. I'm going to go ahead and wrap us up. But um, we do have an awesome giveaway that Aaron has.
up on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page. You've got a signed paperback copy of both for better or for worse and um, or for better or worse, right? For butter or worse. Butter, it's butter. For butter or worse. Ooh. I'm sorry. I know. I can't get my butter and my better um, <laughs> enunciated. And plot twist. So you've got both of those up there, up for grabs. So make sure you stop by there and check that out. And then also for anybody who is watching live or um, listening shortly after this goes live, we are doing the romance happy hour. We have uh, every year we do something for the holidays. And so um, on the 15th and 16th, which is tomorrow and Saturday, we have invited some of our past guests back and we're doing a holiday happy hour takeover in the romance happy hour book club group. So um, make sure you stop by there tomorrow or Saturday to get in on all of that holiday goodness. Um, and so Aaron, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Do you oh, want to? Thanks for having me. This was really fun. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're so glad you could join us. Um, is there anything you want to leave people with you have the next book is coming out it sounds like you're working on that do you have a release date or it'll be coming out in july so okay. you know i think for what it's worth i think plot twist makes a great holiday gift and like casey said the audiobooks are on sale right now mm -hmm. so and you can win them for free on my giveaway so if yep. you like free things just I go there we all like free things especially I this mean, time of year it's free it's me <laughs> Um, and is is the next book a continuation of the series, or is it going in a it's different direction? It's actually going to be totally different. It's uh, okay. romance, but it is what they call speculative romance. So okay. I I pitched it as um, Sliding Doors meets 13 going on 30. So it's oh. about a girl who goes back home to clean out her old childhood bedroom and finds her old CD player. And every time she plays a song, it transports her back to the 2000s. So. Oh, interesting. So that's why you were looking at movies. Got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very fun. Oh, that sounds like like that'll be a good time. It is really fun. Yeah. And Casey, do you have any news to share before we wrap up real quick? Um, No, we're just really we're we're getting ready to do Mustang Mountain version two. Um, <laughs> Eve London will be releasing uh, um, January's book. And um that's really it right now. I mean, I'm just getting my my feet on my on the ground for next year. I've wrapped up for this year and um really excited to start my stuff for next year. What about you? Um, I actually have a book that I had to delay um that is coming out on December 22nd. So Sipping Seduction wow. is the third book in the Whiskey Wars series. It was not supposed to be coming out right before <laughs> Christmas, but um, but sometimes these things happen, family stuff and, and some other stuff got in the way. And so, so yeah, so I do actually, I know I, I didn't even, I keep forgetting, you know, cause I'm all, I'm already like looking forward to January and everything that, you know, is coming up next year as far as writing stuff goes. But, but yeah, I do have a book that is coming out next week. So so yeah, check that out. But we will catch up with you. Dawn will be back in January and we'll be back on our regular schedule the second and fourth Thursday of every month. We've got a great lineup coming to you in 2024. So we hope to see you then. And um, Aaron and Casey, thanks so much for being with us tonight. Happy hope holidays. You guys both have great holidays and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Thanks 
for joining us for this week's episode of Romance Happy Hour. To find out who's coming on next or catch up on the video episodes, visit our website at romancehappyhour.com. Don't forget, you can always join us live on the second and fourth Thursday of each month on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page. To connect with Dawn or me, check the show notes for our contact info. We'll see you next time. Cheers! Cheers.